Hello and welcome to Sudoku Middle, where we watched that one video of that guy making a Sudoku puzzle. That was a miracle that Austin Walker posted last night in the year 2020. Um, Sudoku is uh, is crossword for for losers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wow, Will Will Sh- Will Shorts just subscribed to this podcast. Congratulations! <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm kidding. Of course, we are stuck in the year 2020. This is Sports Middle, the sports podcast where your video- favorite video game podcasters are surrounded by sports. <laughs> I am your uh, host, John Warren, editor at large for Fanbyte.com. With me, as always, are Danielle Riondo, editor in chief of Fanbyte.com. Hi, hello. I uh, sure. I'm feeling weird about the fact that my sport is the only one that's actually on right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd feel weird about that too. In <laughs> fact, I'm taking that very personally. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're personally responsible for this. My so. fault. It's definitely yeah. my fault. It's me. <laughs> also with us, of course, is the very awake and alive uh, social editor, Nikki Grayson. Hello. Hi. Can I tell a really quick story? Yeah. Um. So I just ordered a cable for my oculus quest Uh so i can connect it to my computer and it arrived this morning and i just opened the package before we started recording and then i was overcome by an odor and this odor is that of rubber now i hear what you're saying there's no way you could have like a very specific kind of traumatizing sense memory attached to just some fucking rubber right um, you'd be wrong. This cable smells exactly like the uh, 2000 oh. dinosaur movie Aldar hand puppet that I got out of a Happy Meal in the year 2000. And now I ca- I don't, my kind of whole vibe is kind of fucked up because it smells exactly like this fucking hand puppet. Um, <laughs> Sam I looks have... so surprised to have a hand where it's next to me. <laughs> <laughs> it also looks surprised to have fully formed human molars. Human too. molars. Yes. All of the teeth are human molars on that one. It's really weird. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, well, I'm sorry. That's that's <laughs> now why I mean, listen, you don't have to tell us. Why is that puppet traumatizing? I don't know. It's okay. just like associated with me being like four years old, and I guess it was dark when I was four. Ah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, also with us uh, after being missing last week in uh, in the year 20, uh, 2008, we did find Dylan finally. Um, Dylan was at a bar in Boston. Yeah. Uh, he had just been there all year celebrating the Boston Bruins 2011 Stanley Cup victory. Um, he was not in good shape. Um, he had been there literally every day. He would order three bo- boiler makers and a sister's uncle. And I don't even know what a sister's uncle is, That's Dylan. Weird. What is the sister's uncle? Uh, something to do with dinosaurs. I don't know. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, so, so, okay. So you're drinking something to do with dinosaurs. So That's fine. Good old um, dinosaur juice. Okay, rubber dinosaur juice in a glass, in a dirty glass, is what, what uh, sister's uncle is. I love cheers. <laughs> I, I, Norm! Um, Norm! But uh, we did find Dylan. We're so happy to have Dylan back. Hi, Dylan. Hi, John. Now, how's, how's your computer doing? How's my computer doing? It's very sick. Yeah. 
Oh. It's sick. Okay. Well, I hope it gets better. Um, you listen, the year is 2012. Uh, Barack Obama has just been elected president for the second time. Finally, again, and there's no way this could go bad. There's uh. no way this could go bad. We're all in the up and up. And the only disease sweeping the nation is Linsanity. So yeah. this is um, quite a different year than the one we find ourselves in. Uh, but let's talk about it. Danielle, I, MMA was, you know, we talked about. Um, there, there's some symmetry here. We talked about the kind of advent of Gina Carano in yeah. 2008, and you have brought a uh, another MMA fight to us that is that holds some relevance in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, here's the thing. I, I I won't I won't belabor it too much because this fight only actually lasted about four minutes. But Ronda Rousey is this this kind of up and comer right now. Uh, she's uh you know she's rowdy. That's her, uh, her her sort of fight name. She is a bronze medalist in judo. So she's this she has this wild and really unpredictable takedown game. She kind of has this trick that's been very, very, very tough for most of her opponents to kind of parse, which is she has a really radical, really fast, really kind of comes out of nowhere takedown game and then goes right into an arm bar. And it's like a really tough kind of uh, nut to crack, uh, so to speak. Uh, and so she recently had this the arm, fight. The arm is a the tough arm nut is to a crack? The arm is a tough nut to crack. It cracks in most of these fights. I'm not going to lie. It's slightly <laughs> okay. horrifying to watch. Uh, like, from a genuine, like, oh, my God, that's broken. That's dislocated. And I will tell you this about uh, a lot of women MMA fighters. This is not, like, a, a complete trait that all of us have. I'm saying us loosely. I grapple. I don't really do MMA. But, like... A lot of us tend to be fairly flexible and have, like, a, a little bit more flexibility than maybe uh, some other folks. But, like, holy shit, some of the angles these arms are going is not natural. Uh, I can tell you that from a medical oh, standpoint. Oh, my God, Danielle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I can, I'm I watching a video of this that I guess I... Are you I'll... watching Misha Tate versus Ronda Rousey? 2012. Yes. Yes, March I of am. 2012. Yeah, I'm going to put that in arm, the chat. Her arm bends so bad. Yep. It's not great. It's not a good angle. It it might be dislocated in a couple of places. We might, might have some be. tendon damage. We might have some bone damage. <laughs> did y'all know that? Did y'all know that arm don't don't bend that way? Yeah, they don't. Arm first of all, arm don't bend that way. And Danielle, what you did just say is arm was dislocated in several places. Now I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take a really quick look at my arm. Yep. And go ahead. Go ahead. There's there's one. There's kind of only one um, hinge that can kind of be dislocated <laughs> as I look at it. So kind yeah. of what are you describing as multiple places? All right, well, think of this. Uh, all right, let's 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 do this from a jujitsu perspective, right? What the fuck's going to happen to my ulna, Danielle? So <laughs> your ulna might break, uh, but also, no. <laughs> but also, okay, there's a shoulder, an elbow, and a wrist, right? The main hinges. So we, we okay. basically have three big ones. You also have a lot of tendons attached to all of the muscles and bones. Actually, here's a cool acronym. I'm going to teach you a secret. EMTB, every muscle tendon bone. That's how you remember that tendons connect muscles and bones. There you go. You're welcome. I did it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's a weird, I feel like, fact that you have to remind yourself as you got to get out of the ambulance and you're like, well, remember, 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 the defibrillator goes on the chest, not the ass, and Every muscle, ah! tendon, bone. Ah, really Blood belongs in the body. <laughs> Be a story of the balls. I know, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so 
this is actually a really good and exciting fight because Misha Tate was, a, I believe, the champion at the time. She walks in with a belt. She's real excited. And Misha Tate, by the way, let's not discount her. She does lose this fight, but let's not discount her because maybe a later year, maybe around 2016 or so, she might actually be a champion in the UFC. But that's another day. That's another day, another story, another day. She has a really Perfetic. good wrestling yeah, in this fight, the future. actually. You should bet on that, Danielle. You can Ooh. bet on that. She actually, to, to give they, you a spoiler alert. Do they alert, still sell sports almanacs anywhere? Oh. Stupid. Oh, no. I bet okay. we could make money on that. <laughs> we should. I bet if my name were Biff, <laughs> I can make some <laughs> we, serious money. <laughs> we need to bet on a bunch of 2020 sports not happening in yeah, 2012. That's, that's what and it everyone, is. Will be, everyone will be like, what? No way. What's the and line we'll, on that? we're trillionaires before Jeff Bezos. Yeah, right? What's, what's the anyway. line on that? We got to get the line on that. But yes, <laughs> there are literally no sports almanacs. I'm go I literally Googled sports almanac. It's not a thing. It doesn't really exist. It, it feels like it should be though, right? I I mean, I guess like a it, a sports almanac is basically just like a Wikipedia page, but in a book form about what happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I mean, with the internet, th those are kind of useless, huh? Yeah. But how will I know when to plant my seeds? No, right. a sports if you're a farmer. Are your sports seeds? <laughs> oh, boy. You're thinking of us farmers are almanac. Like, those still <laughs> exist, I think. <laughs> Why can't they use the internet? <laughs> That's a really good point. Actually, yeah. That's a really good point. <laughs> I got to go to farm, farmwiki.com. I'm pretty sure farmers have the internet. Farm was done. Fuck. So is that taken already? <laughs> yeah, well, they're not using it anymore. They're they're doing whatever the fuck Travis designed. Oh, good! You can fix the hole in the wall by stabbing it, apparently, with a knife? Yeah, it's unclear. The, the, the wall needs to learn knife defense. Anyway, sorry. I've anyway. kind of derailed you. Yeah, no, it's okay. Danielle, please go It's extremely okay. This is a, a good discussion because it also made me think of McDojo, but I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> so Okay. This is a very, very good uh, and interesting fight because Rousey comes in. She's, she's again, she's a bit uh, on the sort of on the come up in her career here. Uh, and this is where she, you know, she first, I believe this is the first encounter between her and uh, her and Tate, uh, who was going by Takedown Tate, who she later became Cupcake, uh, which is a great name. Great name for a good wrestler. Uh, but yeah, they both have good, they both have good grappling here, especially Takedowns. So Misha definitely goes for quite a few of these takedowns, and she actually does a good job. She gets Rhonda's back at one point, and it's, like, actually a pretty intense and good back and forth until, of course, eventually Rhonda does find the arm. Uh, she finds it early, and Misha's able to escape, which, also a cool tip. If you can get your shoulder out, you can usually get out of an arm bar. But if they have your shoulder, that's the thing. If they're controlling the joint above the joint they're attacking, you're fucked. Uh, but if you, they do not have the control of the joint above, because normally arm bars, you want to break the arm at the elbow. That's kind of where you're going oh. for, but you want to control <laughs> that shoulder. Yeah, right, I know. Right, you guys right, love this right. shit, right? <laughs> like, Danielle, you maybe you shouldn't have come foot, on Sports Middle. <laughs> you just, you just want to put your foot on the rib cage and pull that whole arm out. Just, That's what you want to Give it a good rip. Wanna... Give it a good like, yank, just... you know? <laughs> pull it like a stump out of the ground. Just got to uh, get it out. You know, no, those sockets is, are in this there. Is, I'm very interested in this. I'm just like, oh, my God. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I've been no, no, learning a lot about armbar uh, defense because me, Danielle, uh, in in life, uh, I armbars are what I tap to the most. 
It's like the most... Uh, I can get out of a lot of things, but I have a lot of trouble with arm bars because they now, scare the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie. You know how, Daniel, you know how boxers break their noses before they fight? Uh, no. I actually didn't know that. No. Oh. I, that doesn't well, mean it's I wrong. broke my arm before I went in? Uh, it would still hurt a lot, and you wouldn't be very good at all the things you need to do. Uh, <laughs> but what if I just got really, really, really good at kicking, and I kind of just didn't need my arms? We should say it's just like jokes on you, idiot. <laughs> I broke it for you. Honestly, like, so a real, a real ass thing is that a lot of fighters go in very injured to fights, like badly, badly injured. Michael Bisping. Uh, when he eventually lost his his middleweight belt to George St. Pierre, which was in 2017, I think, uh, or maybe 2018, I forget exactly, but uh, a couple years ago, um, excuse me, a couple years in the future, he actually <laughs> had such, he, basically, I, I forget if he had like fully broken ribs or like really, really bad like intercostal pull or just something awful to the point where he secretly like went into the bathroom and he was going to inject lidocaine into his own oh. ribs because he couldn't have a doctor do it because that would have been like an admission of an injury too bad to fight with basically oh. and then the doctor like who was just sort of advising him on the dl was like you need to be really careful how you do this because you could puncture your lung uh and i think he eventually abandoned <laughs> this plan but like Fighters go in fucked up because to train to the level you need to be at and to be at the level of like both kind of skill and cardio, a lot of times you are you are messed up and you kind of just like pray that you're not too messed up that it's like, oh, just my ankle is sore or whatever it is. Right. And, and not like something is actively broken. But people go in. The thing about MMA that's absolutely wild is that these are athletes not at their best uh, to do what they're doing. Uh, whereas in other sports, you know, you train to be. Your absolute best. You're not weight cutting in basketball. You're not like overtraining to the point where you're, you know, like going in there really, really fucked up. You're not sparring with another person before you go in and play, uh, you know, whatever, soccer or hockey or, or anything else, which is not to say that injuries don't happen. Obviously, they too in all those sports and especially football, but like you're also not cutting weight in football. So sometimes you get an athlete who is like, truly like a shadow of themselves and they have to get into a fist fight with another person and it's like actually kind of the worst thing about mma i think other than the you know uh <laughs> the uh damage and destruction that can happen to the human body in the actual fight is the stuff that has to go into preparation so sorry that was a bit of a tangent that i went on there no it's good uh, but like i just wish weight cutting wasn't a thing and that's that's another story altogether. However, this is a really good fight, and there are shadows of a fight that Ronda would have the next year, which would be the very first ever women's UFC fight, uh, where she faced Liz Carmouche, and that also ended in the first round, but Liz had a choke on her at one point in that fight, and it was a good bite. She really was. She was under the neck. She had the right positioning. It was one of those where everybody in the arena went, oh, shit. Like, there's weaknesses, you know, to Ronda's game. Nobody can quite execute on them yet. Uh, but, like, oh, my God, there's weaknesses. And to talk about, like, the dominance of Ronda Rousey, like, it, it's also difficult to talk about this because uh, she's done a lot of really bad shit. She said some really bad and terrible things. They're inexcusable. Uh, as Nikki had pointed out before recording, bad voice actor. 
Uh, very bad voice. Not very, against Sonya Blade. Can't stress this enough. Uh, <laughs> very bad voice actress. Uh, uh, very bad at very bad at doing wrestling promos. Uh, very bad at yeah, like yeah. doing a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I have complicated feelings to be completely clear about Ronda Rousey. I think she said some bad shit. She said some transphobic shit. She was like a. She did apologize for this, but she said some really wild shit about like. Sandy Hook trutherism and, and all kinds of shit. Like, really oh, bad stuff. Yeah. Real bad stuff. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. bad. No excuse. Yeah. I do. Sometimes you shouldn't put microphones in front of yeah, people. Yeah, that's, that's Have the we problem. thought about this? That's the problem. Something uh, that they go yeah. into in the last dance a lot too, actually. But yeah, uh, <laughs> honestly, it's like like when we put when we put mics in front of some people, it either really uninteresting things are said, or just like the worst things you can imagine are said. And there's really it's rare that it's not one of those things. What if so. it's a situation where like we kind of just rely on the player to try to say something first? Yeah. Because mm. yeah. then, if they say something unprompted, then you know they're an asshole, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, mm. right. But then, if we ask, "Hey, what do you think about Sandy Hook?" Then, if you think about it, really, it's our fault for asking. It's our fault for asking. <laughs> it's really, yeah. I think you might have something there. I think that might be it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like again i i do have complicated feelings because none none of that can be excused and i don't want to excuse it i do respect what she did i do respect that she went <laughs> she basically almost single-handedly not single-handedly but she's a big reason for it was the reason dana white who i also really don't like uh <laughs> went from saying oh there's never going to be women in the ufc to making it like a really it's, awesome, it's a marquee thing right now thing. Yeah. yeah in in the UFC, like what I watch the UFC for primarily, and, and some people do at least. Uh, so yeah, like can't kind of discount that she was a legit pioneer uh, and had a game. And yes, there were weaknesses with this game and we would see them later. But at this point she was very much on the up and up and she was dominant. She was kind of starting her dominant streak. And uh, yeah, women got so intimidated by her that even like, very good fighters who probably without the intimidation factor could have kicked her ass. Like there were weaknesses to this game got intimidated and did not beat her. So God, this is a wild fight. It's wild to see this. It's wild to see 2012 women's MMA because it's such a leap forward uh, from what we were looking at last week. Like that, those were the early, early days last week, like 2006 to 2008. That was very early days uh, for women's MMA anyway. Uh, and tw- by 2012, we've already got our first superstar. We've already got, you know, uh, evolving games. We've already we're already seeing MMA itself is is very much an established discipline. It's not just the jujitsu guy and the boxer at this point. You have to have uh, at least some kind of stand up game, some kind of takedown game, some kind of ground game. Even if you're more dominant in one, nobody's ever going to win with just one of those games at this point. So fascinating stuff. I love Misha Tate. Misha Tate is a great fighter who would, again, uh, one day she would uh, wear the bantamweight uh, title belt in uh, in the UFC. She wouldn't hold it for very long, but uh, she uh, she's somebody I also respect, also a pioneer. And of course, I love a wrestler. I love a wrestler in MMA. Like it's that's that's what I would like to watch. So, what a fight! I will stop talking now. Uh, here in 2012, uh, there are other things going on, so I'll let somebody else talk well, about gonna, the other sports. <laughs> uh, I was actually just going to ask, like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, it, it's it, it a lot changed in that four-year span, but like, 
maybe elaborate on that like what yeah. was really different about the women's game in 2012 than 20 2008 like obviously it was more high profile from like a media standpoint yes. but like how how were people training differently like what were the fights like in general stuff like that yeah i mean it's it's a little bit more let's put it this way i i again uh, i'm also coming to this somewhat new so i could be corrected but from what i'm seeing and from what i know it absolutely looks like in the very very early days there were just kind of a few women doing it so a lot of times people would be put in like watching julie kedzie uh, and Jermaine Durandamy together was insane to me because there's such a huge size difference between them. So I think there were fewer weight classes. Everybody kind of was thrown into 135, whether that's their actual size or not. Right. <laughs> a lot of times 135 or 145, and it was just like, this, this girl's 125. Like, this sucks for her, you know? <laughs> like, right. uh, it was just a little bit more Wild West because there were so few women doing it. But here in 2012, we have established weight classes. We have established rankings. We have established like, oh, okay, she's been around a while. She's really good. Okay, we have an up and comer here. Oh, okay, we have, you know, kind of a name established. Obviously, Gina Carano was maybe one of those first names ever uh, at this point. But uh, again, I don't want to like besmirch her name or besmirch what she did. She was also a huge pioneer. Uh, but she was very much like a kickboxer, maybe not necessarily a mixed martial artist, but, you know, kind of more of a kickboxer. Uh, and it was a little bit more of that style of, you know, MMA was you bring your martial art and you show off how fucking cool it is and how good and effective it is against other types of martial artists versus MMA itself is a discipline. You have to be good at different parts of it, even if, again, you're much stronger in one and it's it's almost impossible it's not completely impossible almost impossible to be genuinely great in every area right like every single area has many 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 levels to it so say you're like blue belt level of this and brown belt level of this and black belt level of this like it's it's going to be a little different so we're seeing that we're also seeing how somebody of an olympic caliber in another discipline can have that trick and it goes a really really kind of long way so it's still fairly early days in women's MMA at this point. It's it's just evolved quite a bit. Uh, it, it's wild to think that you could be god level at something and kind of just okay at other things, and that gets you you know several years of being undefeated, <laughs> and almost nobody can even bring you into a second round, uh, which is what happened with Ronda Rousey. Like that judo game. And I, and I do suspect, and this is, again, something of a random thought, but I suspect it's because it's judo. Judo is tricky. A lot of wrestling, either Greco-Roman or freestyle, like, there's, like, a certain, uh, how do I say, like, brute logic to it. Like, a, okay. lot, of, a lot of wrestling kind of almost looks like what you might see in other sports, like, on a football field or in, like, people just kind of fighting in life. Like, you go for the legs or you go for the body and you put them on their ass, right? Judo is so yeah. much more about, like, delicate balance and finding the perfect, like, the perfect timing to kind of get a hip throw and all this other stuff. So it's, like, it's a bit of a tricky art in itself. And I think that might have something to do with it. I don't know if this would happen if she was, like, an Olympic wrestler, uh, you know, versus other people who had done other things. That's a little bit of speculation, though. Uh, this is all to say it's absolutely an evolved game, uh, but it is still very much evolving at this point and it's it's interesting to see that sort of intermediate level in between the two that's very interesting 
I I did not know most of that, so thank you. <laughs> of course, that's that's really good. I mean, I, I you know, learning. it's like I love learning. <laughs> learning is great. No, I love um, learning, and I love when a smart person uh, talks to me about stuff because yeah. like I'm at school again. And I that's not yeah. like snark. I fucking love that. Oh, shit. okay. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I I like. I'm always Wait, I'm always here what, sitting here like I'm I'm a I'm a blue belt right I'm not a black belt I am not like a a complete expert in this so take it all with something of a grain of salt. Yeah. No. I mean, I I I will take it with a grain of salt, but I do feel like you you know a lot of this stuff, so that's oh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you for all of that. Of um. Let's see. What else happened in the year of our Lord 2020? Actually, Dylan reminded me of, I think, one of the the wildest stories of the year. Actually, two NFL-related stories. I'll start with uh, Bounty Gate. Um, oh, boy. And I really forgot that this happened in 2012, or at least it blew up in 2012. But basically, uh, the New Orleans Saints, which uh, um, had uh, had won the Super Bowl in 2009 um, under the guidance of defensive coordinator Greg Williams uh, who had already gotten a reputation in the league as being kind of like one of those like old school guys that's like yeah we're going to talk about breaking necks because it's football you know and um, yeah. and basically it came out uh, it came out in 2012 though it had been reported to the NFL before that um, that one of the uh, assistants on that team had basically given information to the NFL that Greg Williams was basically setting up a paid bounty program to like basically pay players in addition to their salaries to like hurt or take other players like out of games. Yeah. Which is um, Buck Wild. Not oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> not great. It's pretty bad. It's it's pretty bad when you think about how um, how intense and already uh, violent football is to then be like, well, now they're gonna try to hurt you. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh, not great, and uh, so basically, this kind of came to head. Uh, at the the very first time it came to head was back in that 2009 season where. Uh, Brett Favre was playing for the uh, Minnesota Vikings at this point, which is insane. Um, I remember this a little bit. I had the flu, and I watched this game. And I do remember the Saints being awfully uh, rough with uh, a lot of people. And uh, a lot of Vikings players had basically said, you know, they're like – they're." there's, a di there's such a difference. And this is like the only place I feel like that kind of like – uh, rough code of the NFL is actually maybe to its benefit is kind of like looking at a terrible game where people are being hurt all the time, but knowing the difference between this is a terrible game and this other team is trying to hurt us. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, where it's like when a team claims that I, I listen because I'm like, y'all are all like too proud and frankly, like too backwards in your thinking about how <laughs> things are that it's like, yeah, if y'all are claiming that this other team is trying to hurt you, then I believe it. But, like, it didn't really get investigated. And I didn't know this detail until I did some research last night and this morning. But uh, 
Uh, Mike Cerullo uh, was a defensive assistant for the Saints, and after the after that 2009 season, he was actually fired because he uh, whatever whatever he was doing for the team apparently was not going well, and also he lied to the Saints about going on vacation. Um, <laughs> And so he was fired, but he he kept it. He kept basically a ledger of like all of these like moves and like transactions between Greg Williams and the rest of the team, and just was like apparently not going to do anything with it until he was fired. And then he's like, "I was." He said in a, in an article, he goes, "I was angry at being let go from the Saints." <laughs> and so like <laughs> like listen like whistleblowers like you know actually doing what they do it's good i'm not gonna say like don't be a whistleblower whatever reason you have to actually point out ethical problems in your company or whatever like you should do it so i'm not saying like whatever but it is funny that this guy was just kind of upfront about like yeah i don't know this wasn't that bad but i did get fired so i I, I was mad (laughs) i was mad And then my guy got hired in 2017 as the director of football administration for the NFL. Good for him. Wow. So a little but bit of that. Stitches, snitches get promoted and, uh, yeah. Vet, uh, 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 yeah. I love that saying. <laughs> yeah, you don't need That's... stitches when you got your good uh, job stitches, you oh know? My God. There it That's, is. Oh that, my there God. it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so like the player, uh, this is the part that's also a little strange is that actually the players were all basically cleared of wrongdoing, um, which like, uh, Listen, I they guess had no choice. They I had mean, to, I, I, like, I, I guess that's the argument that the NFL eventually made was, you know, if your coaches are basically responsible for your playing time, I don't know if they really had a choice, which like. Yeah. Yeah. I could I could make that argument. I understand that. I could also make a, another argument, but like um you know, it makes sense. Uh but like some of the highlights like this is going on for 2 years and I guess like the investigations were so slow that this basically just took place over 3 3 years or so. Um but like uh, it came out that like Greg Williams had institu- instituted these bounty programs at other places like at the Washington Slurs and uh, uh yeah the washington uh, football uh, team uh, yeah the washington football team yeah i just call them the slurs that's one of one of my one of my favorite eagles fans on twitter which is weird because we just bond over a mutual hatred of like the the washington <laughs> team and the giants it, yeah. he just calls them the slurs so that's, that's good. really good yeah. it is good uh, um but uh yeah it's like he had basically been doing this before like everywhere <laughs> um everywhere he was like with the with the titans with the bills with the with the slurs um uh ryan clark who was the safety uh for washington from 2004 to 2005 was fined forty thousand dollars by the nfl for a helmet to helmet hit uh but basically it was uh because uh you know greg williams said hey you should uh you should do that so um it's it's wild just like a lot of really dangerous like hits that are obviously known to cause uh uh, more symptoms of cte uh were basically paid for by greg williams and my guy still coaches in the league listen it's hard yeah there's nobody else i mean it's (laughs) wild like 
So like Williams was suspended. So this is what happened as a result of the scandal. So Williams was suspended indefinitely, which like, okay, he he basically um, he couldn't apply for reinstatement until the end of the same year he was suspended. So a big, big punishment there. Um, Sean Payton was actually suspended through the 2012 season, which was actually a big deal. He was the first uh, coach in NFL history to be suspended, head coach, excuse me, uh, to be suspended for like any reason. So that was like kind of a big precedent. Um, and then like some other coaches and things like that, uh, interim coaches uh, were also sp- suspended for lesser times. Uh, and uh, they were also fined $500,000, which is like, the maximum permitted but it's also not a lot of money frankly yeah, with how yeah. this is all working um and yeah uh there were players who were basically uh, eventually kind of quote stripped of their wrongdoing but they did get immediately punished like jonathan vilma was suspended and some other players were suspended but their records are more or less like cleared i guess uh at some point much more recently so um yeah, it's wild. Like, uh, Greg Williams is now a coach, I believe, for the Browns. Um, and, uh, yeah. No, he, yeah, Jets, you're right. Uh, he was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills uh, prior to this, but he is now the defensive coordinator of the Jets. He was with the Browns a couple of years ago. Um, bad guy, I hear. Yeah, that sucks. Now, it has been eight years. Yeah. But is this, like, actually over and settled? I mean, when all those players that they paid to fuck themselves up start having actual issues with CTE, is this all gonna just going to come back? I don't know what, I don't know what like, the judicial process of the NFL is enough to say. Like, I don't know if, like, you know, once a case is closed, it's basically, like, double jeopardy. You can't, like, open it back up. Like, I have no idea. But, um, I mean, I would imagine that, like, you know, if... <sighs> I would imagine studies into CEE, CTE starting, um, which happened, you know, probably a couple, I think a couple years really in earnest before this scandal broke. Because, um, like, Chris Nowinski, who was an ex WWE guy and then went to, uh, was a Harvard grad, but also started basically a big CTE uh, research facility um, and program. Uh, his research started in earnest, like, uh, I think at the end, like, 2008 or something like that so i mean if they eventually come out that like like known helmet to helmet hits which have been a penalty for a long time like we you know let's not i'm not acting like that uh helmet to helmet hits have been like okay uh since like long you know long before the scandal broke because they, they weren't okay but like if i guess there comes research that basically says like you know, a lot of players and coaches knew that this was going to be a long-term issue when this was happening, then maybe it would, but, like, I don't know. I It seems awfully tough to, like, prove that that would be even worth reopening, but I don't know. It's a terrible scandal, though. It's crazy yeah. that it was, that it got so bad. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. NFL in 2012 was weird, but let's talk about something else first. Finally, France. again yeah the 2012 summer olympics in london france wins the handball tournament (laughs) beating (laughs) beating their dreaded rivals sweden 
uh-huh. led by Matthias Anderson and Matthias Gustafson and Kim Anderson and Jonas Keilman and Magnus Germanier. What a good name. Um, yeah. wow, what a good name. That um, is a good name. That was such a good time. There are like four names total on the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> of the Swedish handball team. There are like four names, and sometimes they're the first name, and sometimes they're the last name. Yeah. Anyway, the Olympics happened. Remember that one? Yeah. Remember those? Mark Nutt and all that? Oh my God. Nikki. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Did you say Mark Nutt? Yeah, yeah. Mark Nutt. You know, Mark Nutt. I don't Mark remember. Nutt. I don't, you don't remember, remember Mark Nutt. Nutt? Mark no. Nutt. He was an archer. Mark <laughs> Nutt. This is a joke for me. <laughs> Uh, the, the 2012 um, Olympics were the first time that women competed in boxing. Yeah, which was it was a cool. good it was a good Olympics. Yeah, it yeah. was the first one after um, it was revealed that uh, Michael Phelps did the horrible crime of smoking weed. Oh, yes. oh how um, dare! And everyone yeah. was like, he's not going to be able to swim yeah. as good. His lungs are fucked. He's the most decorated. Um, but and then he yeah, and then he um, won the most medals ever. Oh, That's it was like a tank top of medals. I remember when he wore yeah. all of them, it looked like he had like a cute crop top tank top going on. <laughs> like It was real good. It is incredible. The United States won 16 gold medals in swimming at the 2012 Olympics. The next best country, China, won five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... We had more bronze medals than China did gold medals in swimming. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a hell of a swimmer and so were his teammates. They're yeah. good, good ass, you know, at going fast in the water. What if America's best athletes all swam? Um, <laughs> also, the United States won the Olympics uh, because that's how it works. Uh, 104 total medals. Um, and then China, 91 medals. Great Britain hosted the Olympics and couldn't even juice the court. 65 Unbelievable. Medals, which just seems yeah. like a mistake on their part. Um, <laughs> oh, and then Russia... Had t- total 68 medals, and then they got some of them taken away. Because that doping. For cheating. Yeah. <laughs> Which I still think is silly. You should be able to cheat in sports. Yeah, I can't stress enough that that, that is Nikki's official position, wait, is that you should just be able to cheat wait, in sports. Wait, what? Yeah, you should be able to cheat. What? You, okay, here's my thing. If you get... <laughs> If you can cheat and not get caught, that's totally fine. If what? you're cheating and then you get caught, then that's like that's on you. But if you're cheating and like you're doing like soft steroids where like people don't know and can't tell, that's good. No, no. that's my take. No. I want to see people hit no. ball far. Nikki. Now, when you say soft steroids, you mean like the stuff that like Alex Jones sells? That's like mercury oh, no. for your yeah, bones exactly. or whatever. Yeah, bone mercury. Um, human eating mercury, all of that kind of stuff, I think is good. Uh, but like otherwise, I don't know. It's not. It's it's only a half opinion because I think there are only some sports where I'm okay with it. Like I am all in favor of using steroids in baseball. Like if if it's a situation where you can throw the ball faster and hit the ball harder, uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's. I'm all in. Let's but like, let's let's bash if you will. Yeah, oh but like if you don't think that like. The majority, not the majority, but if you don't think like there's a percentage of NBA players who are just on HGH, you're out of your damn mind. Do, who do you, do you think? I feel like these are two not, different things. Who do I, I think, think is not on it? Yeah, who well, do you think I mean, is not on it? Yeah, no one. Have you seen Giannis 
in 2012. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yep. <laughs> like, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the year of our Lord 2012. I'm just going to find a JPEG. Oh, this for year. For all of us. Yeah. 2012. Also, uh, can can we just say, while you're looking for that JPEG, uh, Dylan put in a very good JPEG here of the infamous women's gymnastics team, <laughs> Steak Face. Oh uh, yeah! He, uh, uh, is that Michaela? Is that Michaela Watkins? Michaela Maroney. Michaela, Michaela Maroney. Maroney. Yeah. God. I, okay. It was. It was. She's year, making like, the, the best face that a human has ever made. Yeah. Uh, because she was not happy. Yeah. It was the the what what was it the Fab Five or whatever that's what they were calling. Them. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. had a name for sure. The gymnastics team that did really well. Uh, she was just but, uh, very upset about not winning yeah. gold, and that, it's such a face. That was all of 2012. Was that meme? It, it was yeah. everywhere. It was on rocket ships. It was on every meet. Yeah, it was it was delightful. It's a great so, face. So I have put in the chat a photo of Giannis Antetokounmpo, who literally looks like he has the same muscle definition that I do. Like, would you, if, <laughs> if you stretched Giannis, if you stretched me out, I would look like Giannis in this JPEG. Now, what yeah. I have done is, again, now, gotten now, what, into... Now, now Nikki. Yeah. Nikki. Yeah. Would you? No. Of okay. course not, John. <laughs> now, what I have done is opened up Adobe Photoshop yet again and kind of just messed around with some of the know. sliders and settings in there. And I've created what I think Giannis Antetokounmpo will look like in the year of Lord 2020. Oh, now, wow. There's absolute, absolutely yeah. no oh. way he picked up and put down stuff enough to look like this. That is a change. Oh, boy. And Can you I, know what? It rips. It rules. It's so good. I love watching Giannis Antetokounmpo play basketball. So it's fine. Can I ask a question to Danielle, the only person that knows about the human body on this call? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Um, mm-hmm. yep. I don't know how to ask this question without being weird because, <laughs> like, okay. like Giannis is very young in this first picture, and like how, you know, when you're, young, when you're young, when you're he's probably uh, twenty, right? Okay, something like that. All right. All right. It's like, like he went through second puberty. But, yeah. like, Giannis's head is just kind of more defined, huh? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> what's that? I so, mean, like, I, that's a real question. Like, what's that? Because that doesn't seem like a thing that should happen. So, okay. <laughs> How old is he in both of these pictures? And also, he, I really wish we could get him in okay. like a T pose or like the like same a, pose because he's flexing in one yeah. because he's actually doing something. Let me see but if he's I can not find a different J. He, he is like I think he is like twenty one in the first one, and okay. he's like twenty five in the second that one. That is correct. Yeah, he was born on December sixth, nineteen ninety four. So Amabs oh, can sorry assigned male at birth people can actually have very late. <laughs> Uh, like spurts yeah like that's much more common than a fab people for sure i don't know about 21 that's kind of the upper limit of that kind of happening uh but i will just say that actual growth is possible later usually in amab people uh okay (laughs) but here's the other thing First of all, I don't agree with you. <laughs> wow. I don't think cheating surprise. is fine. I think that sp- I am a fucking boomer ass dad who thinks that <laughs> sports should be as fair as we can make them because sure. uh, human constructs like sports are the only thing we could ever make. Not the only thing, but it, 
I, I generally like to strive for more fairness in all systems that are sort of like, y you know, uh, a constructed system, first and exactly. foremost. And second of all, I think that sports are a place where honorable competition can still happen. Obviously, that's less common in the professional arena where it's treated more like entertainment and people are wildly overpaid and everything is completely insane and disconnected from reality. But I like to think that there is a spirit of sportsmanship that can exist and uh, steroids and uh, all performance enhancing drugs, which is not a weed, which, by the way, to all to all people who think a weed is a performance enhancing drug, you're absolutely insane. And please, go it to makes sleep. me jump higher. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kelvin Gastelum, who's a, a UFC middleweight, and he's like a small middleweight, but he's a very good middleweight. Middleweight is 185. Um, like was busted for weed recently, and it's like, dude. Yeah. Dude, like, come the fuck on. But anyway, like, actual performance-enhancing drugs suck, and I, I, they, like, ruin any kind of, like, fairness that comes in. And athletes are already so competitive that anything that gives you an edge is going to be something you want to do. So you need to create a, you know, situation of, like, actively dissuading that through whatever it is. What has if to we be. had two leagues for every sport? We had a mutant <laughs> league and a human yeah. league. Where you could juice as much as you kind of wanted. Now, I guess in creating that, it is just kind of a heart attack factory, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, Lance Armstrong mm. could compete in it. I, which was mm. also 2012. Wait, say that again, Dylan. You, you were like a little church mouse. I said, uh, then John's buddy Lance Armstrong could also compete because that, yeah. that was 2012. That's true. Too. Yeah, Somehow. my Plano buddy, Lance Armstrong. I think my issue is that I, I maybe I. 100% of being hyperbolic when I'm like, oh, cheating is good. Yeah, no, I But don't. there is, I do think, a a rush to invalidate the successes of people who definitely still did the thing. Does that make yeah, sense? I, I do so know like, what you mean. Um, so, like, invalidating, like, the entirety of Barry Bonds, for example's career, like, seems off to me because it was, like, he wasn't, he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't the only person in all of Major League Baseball doing that what was he was doing. doing. This. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And to be like, nah, listen, he didn't actually hit those balls. Like after after like 2010, he like didn't hit or whatever. He didn't hit those balls. Like, well, no, he did though. Still is the yeah. thing. And right. he still like had to be really, really good at what he was doing. I don't know. I think that's like really my thing. Like I it's it's in the same vein as like the NCAA like invalidating championships that happened because people like took money. It's like yeah. yeah, no, I still watched it happen though. Like everyone still watched it happen. The thing still did happen. It seems wild to like begin to invalidate that stuff for like uh definitely things that are not one offs. Yeah. No, I, I think that's was, super yeah. valid. Because if it was a situation like Barry Bonds added a third arm to himself, right. <laughs> and it was like he was the only player in Major League Baseball that had three arms so he could hit the baseball further, then maybe put an asterisk. But like I don't know. No, no, I think that's completely valid, and and I I'll also say I I think that athletes of color and women have been more attacked for things like that as well. Like they tend to get the shit end of the stick, as with everything else. Like right. in terms of oh, it was a PED, not you. Uh, like the sprinter in God, I think two thousand. Marion Jones is that her name? Like, yeah. she gave up every medal and like a tearful kind of thing, and and like everybody still kind of shat on her. And it was like, well, she fucking apologized. Yeah, she apologized, like, right? Like, come on, guys. Like, she she obviously knew she kind of fucked up here. Like, 
Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And, like, th there's a lot of, like, basically proof that if any normal person took the drugs, they're not going to all of a sudden become a world-class athlete. Like, it's right. not it's not a magic thing. It will give you an edge, absolutely. If you're already a world-class athlete, it will give you an unfair edge. That's for sure. But it will absolutely not turn you from uh, good to great at all. Like, that's not what happens. TJ Dillashaw is a fighter. He competed at, at, at flyweight and bantamweight who got... Uh, knocked for PED use and like there's a really good um, column on The Athletic and I'll, I'll like mention more details about that I'm just sort of remembering this one off offhand about like man he really was powerful for his size and like he competed at 125 135 145 like he went all the way down to 125 and like looked like a monster at that but also got his ass kicked at that <laughs> because the the uh, Henry Cejudo kicked his ass uh, real hard uh, but also like yeah, he was hitting a lot harder than than other guys at that size uh, for a while. And it's like, yeah, it sucks. Like, because he was doing it unfairly. Uh, but also, I don't know. I, I, I do think, like, a lot of the punishment for that becomes apparent over time sometimes. And also that, like, I don't like it. I, I, don't, I don't think it's fair. But I also agree with you, Nikki, that it shouldn't be a complete invalidation of the athlete's capabilities. It's not... Yeah. It's not a magical pill. It's not the way it's portrayed in fucking Rocky Four. Like, that's not actually how it works. <laughs> you know, right? Like, it's not like, oh, Ivan Drago uh, was fine, but then that montage happened and they shot him up with stuff, uh, and then now he's he's a monster. It's, no, dude, it's not. That's not how it actually works. Yeah. Did yeah, you know I mean... Marion Jones played in the WNBA? I didn't no, I know didn't. that. Yeah. I, I don't know how long she was in the league, but I, I knew she, like, pivoted to basketball. Games. All right. All right. I mean, she's wow. a great athlete. That's the other thing. Like, I don't want to take away from that. I, I'm on your side. Like, I don't want to take away from the fact that she's a great athlete. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So. Anyway. I guess I guess the issue is that, like, not every, like, your, your point about, like, a lot of people are doing it is fine, but also not everyone was doing it. Right. So, yeah, I mean... Sure. I don't know. I think I think when in and a lot of steroids and like perform, performance enhancing stuff is a way to mm, maybe not work as hard at actually like developing your skills in mm. in some ways. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's actually um, less skill than than the supporting stuff, than the cardio, than the muscle composition, than all that. I, right. I think the skill aspect of this is still a hundred percent there. Like a hundred percent, you're never gonna get better at at baseball as a skill sport without doing a fuckload of baseball. But the weightlifting part might be a lot easier. Right, you know, yeah. Point, so. I mean, Bond's eyes still met the ball and yeah. they swung the bat, so bat would hit ball. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is very hard. <laughs> you know. Um, and in a way, I almost like... <laughs> I almost don't blame Jose Canseco for uh, a, a bit, bit of a throwback to the Bash Brothers experience, yeah. but it's yeah. like, I almost don't blame Jose Canseco for throwing like everyone under the bus because he's just kind of like... Listen, like I, I still did the things I did, yeah. and all these people also did this. So, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think we're we haven't had a maybe a healthy conversation about this yet. I feel like it's either uh, everyone is too loud about this conversation. Right. I feel like sure. in sports yeah. media, it's yeah. just like you know. I think I agree with a lot of your points, Danielle. Like. I would rather keep this as a very like, you know, pure sport, but also like, 
I don't know, maybe the two leagues thing is kind of a fun idea, or at least like a new league that's just like, yeah, everyone's juicing, yeah. whatever, yes. you know, like, I don't like know. Limitations? That's rough. That's real rough. That's what Wait, what? Yeah, I think the XFL should have just been all performance enhancing. Um, they'd still be playing because they're, they'd be immune to coronavirus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 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 Um, speaking of replacement players, uh, that's that's a bad segue. That's nothing. <laughs> that was okay. Yeah, no, so. it's not that great. Um, I do want to mention briefly. Uh, the other thing Dylan reminded me of is that the referee lockout in 2012 happened, oh. and yeah. that was hilarious. Can you? That was very funny. Can you explain that to me as someone who didn't pay enough attention but knew it was happening and saw people complaining every damn week about the refs? Yeah, I like, mean, it has to do with the, uh, the the refs union not being able to come to terms with like a collective bargaining agreement. Um, so there was like a labor dispute. And uh, <laughs> I don't, and Danielle, you're, I think, literally the only person on this call who could also answer this question. But like, yeah. what is the difference between a strike and a lockout? Oh, God. Uh... Like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there is one actually, but like, so. But I feel like lockout is like a more right wing friendly uh, because because they're not striking. They're being locked out. You God, know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Sorry. I, I might need to look this up. OK, because uh, they, they might be different, but I'm not seeing how they are different. Sure, it's more like sure. they a union failed to release the you know, a, 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 a union and the NFL failed to oh, resolve I see. the labor dispute. Actually, and they're so, opposites. Uh, okay. A lockout is a denial of employment. Uh, that's management saying you can't work. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fuck yeah, you. Basically. The, so it, strike so it is, is the employees literally themselves. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, okay. I needed to make sure of that because I was like, I know, I know something's up with this, but I need to check it. <laughs> now, answer, answer okay. this question: um, Has have any of the other major sports had player lockouts? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah, the NBA has had a couple. The like, NBA's had a couple. Uh, baseball. Baseball had a big one. Four question mark. Yep. Yeah. Um, the NFL had one in the eighties. Yeah. Oh, no. the, the NHL. And, I, and that was one. actually the uh, uh, the uh, the reason the movie The Replacements exists oh, with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The NHL actually had one. Uh, I guess it's technically the 2013 season, but in late 2012, they yes. like missed that, half a season. At, yeah, that was when that year, like when they came back, they changed a bunch of rules, right? As well. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they ended up like making it. The players wanted more protections against headshots and boarding and basically all the stuff that you know was killing them. Yeah, yeah, uh, and the the league didn't really want to do it. The league also wanted to like reduce. Uh, pl player guaranteed revenue to like fifty-seven percent from like seventy something. I don't know. Oh wow! But it was just like well, you know, try to get rid of salary arbitration, try to get rid of free agency rules, basically all the stuff to protect the players they wanted to get rid of. So you know, always good wow. to see that stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. The Major League Baseball strike in ninety four ninety five I happened in the middle of the season. So yeah, that was. And started playing games already and according to this said that most teams had played 113 games that's so many in games 94 which is like almost all of them that's a like lot there's of games a, there's 182 100, games in a season or 62 162 yeah um and 
then the players went on strike. And then the next year, yeah. only 144 yeah. games got played because of how uh, that went. Um, yeah. But baseball strikes, I feel like, aren't fun. But, like, the, the I do distinctly remember the NBA lockout in 2011 being, like, unbelievably cool. Because... <laughs> Because it just got to the point where all these players were bored, so they would go to like high school gyms and then play back, like pick up basketball with each other. So like they would just do basically like tiny all star games with these NBA players in high school gyms, and just like it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly, yeah, I, 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 I feel like NBA players are much better at like. Not only entertaining themselves, but like entertaining each other than other players yeah. in leagues. I don't know if that that has like any real standing, but like, uh, yeah, I remember that too. Um, yeah, but like the the refs wanted like two percent more salary, so it really wasn't a lot. Um, yeah, right. And they wanted and they wanted some additional crews that would come uh, from that pool too, because. Um, you know, it would basically like lower the amount of games that refs like actually have to do. Um, and uh, basically, uh, there was like a dispute about like full time, uh, full time workers, essentially, uh, full time versus part time. So there were like issues and also retirement plan issues that they were uh, bargaining. They could not come to an agreement, so they had replacement officials um yes. and hey those games were bad those games <laughs> were really bad yeah. that was when i was watching the nfl there's they got three weeks and there was a play so unbelievably bad that the, the nfl like literally overnight was like it was it was a monday night football it's a monday game. night game yeah. yeah packers seahawks uh and uh golden tate the wide receiver for the uh for the seahawks did did do a whole ass offensive pass interference. I mean, basically so, threw I mean, a guy to yeah. the ground to, to the ground at the oh, end of the wow. game. The refs then did not call it, and then uh, they were like, they, "This was the simultaneous catch thing, correct?" Yes. They were like, two people caught the ball at the same time, therefore the offense gets it. It's a touchdown, and then yep. they kind of left the field, <laughs> and then they just kind of left. <laughs> And it, it uh, so you know how bad it was. It has its own entry on Wikipedia with an with its own name, and it's called the Fail Mary. Um, <laughs> oh God! That's uh, good. Also known as the inaccurate reception, which I had actually never heard before. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, which is pretty pretty good. Um, like but yeah, it was such a bad. I remember the next morning of just like like a sports center and stuff like everyone was just like okay this like roger goodell is fucked he needs to basically like say yes to all of this stuff because this is so so bad um and yeah two days after that game the agreement was reached between the nfl <laughs> and the referees association good um and yeah i mean that, that that was the tipping point that game was absolutely the tipping point because a lot of things were like bad but maybe it felt like that they could get better like as they like go through the season that the little things that were going wrong could probably be fixed and the games would speed up that was the other thing it's like the games got slower like so much slower um by like 15 20 minutes oh. something like that um 
And yeah, this one play uh, fucked everything up. The funny uh, footnote about this, which I also read about, was like, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but I think it does have to do with more than people think it does. But uh, Las Vegas had like a massive $300 million shift in uh, bet results as a result of this like one thing this like yeah. one referee decision um you know i don't know if that has anything to do with the decisions the nfl makes but it's kind of a uh a funny thing because they got seventy thousand voicemails uh from uh fans wow Oops. yeah so it was kind of funny but yeah that's that's the the ref lockout of 2012 which was uh really wild um i the fail mary was uh, such a bad play it's Golden Tate still in the league. This was eight years ago. I feel so ancient. Yeah, I don't. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Is that okay? This is a genuine question. How how long is the average like NFL career? Like, if you don't get well, hurt, how long can you play? So the 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 average is something like people retire at like twenty six or something okay. because there's so many players that you just don't sure like sure. you just sense. don't yeah. know about and yeah. like they're so. Uh, on the periphery that they retire but like you know like it depends on your position like quarterbacks can play well into their late 30s and like we have a couple of over 40 quarterbacks now like kickers and punters can get into their 40s without really i'm not sure if they are good anymore but they they're still thought of as being more or less kind of the same utility uh but sure. like position players like offensive skill position players like for running backs it's like 30 Oh, wow. Um, and that seems to be getting lower and lower. It's kind of rare that, like, running backs, like, stay kind of late into their 30s. It's really rare. Like, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, some of these other running backs are still playing, but they're they've they're not. They're basically backups at this point. Yeah. Um, it's also, there's also, like, a little bit, especially for running backs, there's a little bit of a lost generation, Kyle, kind of situation. Yeah. Mm. Because the, at least from what I remember, the the running backs that were kind of drafted in the early, like between like 2010 and like 2016, almost all of them have gotten injured to the point where they're not playing. Like Todd Gurley, like had a lot of promise, um, but like got so unbelievably injured that he's like kind of fallen out of favor. Um, there are a lot of players that are kind of like that. Yeah. Were really good in college, and then just like once they made the transition to the NFL, got really beat up, and then like their careers kind of got cut short. Something I genuinely this is like a a, a question I want to put to y'all. Like, it, it, if you were truly gifted, like say you were genuinely gifted enough to to play in the NFL, and you were in one of these positions where you know your career is not going to be very long, and you know you might take a risk in in getting pretty badly hurt. Like say like I don't know. Q from Star Trek comes over to you and has omnipotent powers and is like, I can make your body do these things, but it's only going to last a few years and you might risk real damage. Would you, would you do it? Hmm. No. No? <laughs> yeah, no. I wouldn't. I think I would. I think, I'd, I think I would do... Can I, like, bail after a year? Yeah, that's the smart thing to do is play in the NFL, get your, like, million dollars or whatever, and then leave. Yeah, like, yeah. like just just walk into the walk into the GM's office and be like, listen, listen, I'm gonna be here for 30, 45 years as long as you need me to. Just give me a guaranteed contract, 
for like uh, I don't know fifteen million dollars. Let's just say fifteen million, uh, and I'll play for forever, forever, and yeah. then you just leave after one year. Because <laughs> you okay. get to write a book about that, right? Yeah, that's that's true. more money. That's true. Uh, that is more money, but then you have to write a book. <laughs> That's okay. I could find someone to write a book. <laughs> that can be one of the millions. The other 14, you know, is something else. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, weirdly have a lot of thought experiments with myself about this. Obviously, mine looks like MMA, but, like, I, I definitely, like, do that thought experiment all the time. Like, okay, if my wrist wasn't fucked, even though I'm 36, if, if my wrist was not fucked, would I go for an AMI fight? Like, would I train in the whole thing and just do it even though i know i could get fucked up like i think i even still think about it where i'm like what if i got really good at kicking uh (laughs) good strategy (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know it's it's sorry i I know it's like a weird question i guess it's just something i i think about a lot and i don't know if other people do so yeah okay now um i guess the other side of this coin would you hmm okay would you being placed as you currently are right now, do you have to play one whole season mm-hmm. in you can pick the sport, but it has to be a professional sport. Mm-hmm. Would you do it under uh, you get paid, I guess, however much money you want, but you do have to do a season's worth of uh, of professional sport at the highest level. Mm-hmm. So like it would be like I was placed into the NBA like tomorrow. And then it was on the starting lineup for like the Knicks or something. And like everyone would know how bad I was at basketball in the, everyone in the world. But like, would you be, I don't know if I would be able to do that. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot. It's a lot of pressure and your life is under a microscope and you're going to be insulted all day, every day. Constantly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it really depends on what sport, I suppose. Cause like NBA would be rough. Cause there's not, how many teams, how many people are an NBA team? Uh, like 15 yeah like 15 yeah not not a lot i mean i think it's easier easier with quotes for something like hockey to slip under the radar if you're on like a fourth line or something where you pay play 10 minutes a a, a night you know yeah something something to think about or if you're just like playing football and you're just the guy who stands in front of the other guys and that's your job oh dylan (laughs) (laughs) dylan i'm just saying it's easier in front of other guys that is most of football. It is easier. Uh, quote, it right, what if you're a punter? What if you're a punter? Landing a basketball. A very hard skill, and everybody will be mad at you, but you're a little bit less likely to get, like, badly, badly, badly hurt. But I think... The, but, like, the, the glory end, of the sport isn't there, though. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, there's under zero circumstances would I ever be able to put the ball through the thing. Like, I think that there's just, like... People already hate good kickers when they fuck up once. Yeah, you're right. So, like, if I fucked up constantly and we never got an extra point the whole year because there's absolutely no way I could kick that ball through those through that big tuning fork, like, I, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. Sorry. Nikki, they're, Weird they're, question. They're... I guess it's, like, from watching a lot of The Last Dance and Jordan playing baseball and I don't know. Some some of this oh, stuff right. is just, like, yeah. wild, weirdly in my head of, like, hmm, weird thought experiment. But Well, and, that, and that's – and we can we can do a Last Dance episode. Uh, but, like, that was one of the things that struck me about the baseball thing is that everyone was just, like, yeah, he would have – he probably would have made it to the majors. Like, he probably would have – he probably would have made it. He showed real improvement. It's, like, a genuine – 
thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, and like like that's cool, but I don't know. I don't know. I have I, there are so many. Th- uh, yeah, we can't we can't talk about. It. There are so many things brought up in this documentary that I was like, can someone please fact check any yeah. of this, please? <laughs> right. Like, like uh, there's a big one that I won't even get into, but I'm just like, it was so casually mentioned that I'm just like, wait, what? You can't just say that. That feels illegal to say that on this thing. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, well, I think that's going to do it. Does that what? mean, though, that we should like set our, I feel like we're getting a little bit of, more of a groove with this tape recorder i feel like if i press you do rewind like four times and then and then like you know there's like a mathematical model here could do you want to go to 1998 i mean i need to feed my dogs and stuff like can i like we can can set a waypoint for for 2020 if you really okay i just need to feed my dogs i mean i think my wife is taking care of it but like i don't know she's also pretty upset that i'm gone i think so yeah that's fair uh but yeah no we can we can go there and then i guess go to 1998 what was there well i just think that that's where uh a lot of the last dance happens Okay, well, put it put in the table. Go to the Dylan and I. Dylan and I are ah! in ah! Ah! Wait, ah! 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 Oh, oh no, he got eaten by a time monster. Uh, we have to go back in time to earlier in this podcast to get John back, and then we got to do this all again, but we got to avoid the time monsters. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>